Listen to me. I just heard Geeks Crossing. Yes, that geeky podcast is back again with another season. Hey, man, you got to hear this podcast. It's no ordinary podcast. It's the geekiest podcast in the world. Incoherent, incoherent, incoherent words. Thank you, thank you. God, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, you've officially that, now sang more than me on this podcast. That was very amazing. Was good. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. But it is a worthy cause of celebration, I think. As Eric said, we are back. Back again. Guess who's back? Geeks are back. Tell a friend. Tell your family. Tell your pet goldfish. Tell anybody that matters in your life. And tell the people who don't matter in your life, too, because they'll matter to us. Exactly. <laughs> Got a family here. Yep, all four geeks are back, starting with yours truly, Eric. That's me. You know me. I'm the type of guy that loves Pokemon, movies, pretty much anything that screams geek. I love to entertain people, and I'm super excited for what we have in store for this season. And that brings it to me. I am Keith. I am, you know, big with anime and music and Star Wars and movies and anything in between. Like, that's really me, actually. I'm, there's a lot. All right, I guess that means I'm up next, according to the alphabet. Uh, I'm Matt, your main man for, actually, one of your four main men for geeky content. I'm really big into looking at film and animation, especially. I love video games a whole lot. Um, I really love the natural world, you know, animals. I love history. It was my major. Just kind of, you're going to hear a lot of interesting things from me this season, and I'm very excited. Uh, to be back. I'm very excited to be back talking with these fantastic friends of mine. I guess that brings it to the best for last. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is your boy, Nick. I am one of the many geeks here in Geeks Crossing. I am your guy for Marvel, DC, Pokemon, Harry Potter, Avatar, you name it. And yeah, I'm super excited to be back uh, with my boys. I missed all of you. Mm-hmm. And to start off this season... This is a very special time for us Pokemon fans because just recently, Pokemon Legends Arceus has been released. Before we get into it, did any of you guys ever call it Arceus? Yes, I call it Arceus. I will always call it Arceus. I'll never call it Arceus because it's like weird. So fun fact, it's it's officially, it's one of the only Pokemon to have an official canon pronunciation because Arce is a term for butt, like it's slang for ass in Britain. Uh, and so, what? so the translators flat out said, like, yeah, no, it's Arceus. Like, we, we can't call it Arceus. So basically, Arceus means ass god. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My man. Hey, you learn something new every day on this podcast. Yeah, Arceus is actually pretty thick. Uh, but anyway, Eric, continue. <laughs> So anyway, this has to be one of, if not the most highly anticipated Pokemon game to come out in recent times. Yeah, because you got to understand from the Pokemon fans' perspective, when this was announced, we'd never heard of anything like it. I mean, you could literally go back to our episode last February when this got announced. We flat out said, like, holy cow, we've never seen anything like this before. What the heck? Like, this is nuts. insane. And so you can imagine most other Pokemon fans felt the same way. Again, like Eric said, very highly anticipated because... Frankly, nobody knew what to expect. We had, again, never really seen anything like this. We were used to 
the new regions that look all cool and new. And then there would be a sister game that would be a remake of an older game. You know, think X and Y and Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. So this was new that we got, oh yeah, here's a new region, here's a remake, and here's just a crazy new game that's like a prequel to the remakes. And yeah, we didn't know what to expect, but it is out now, and uh, we have all played it, and so we now know what we, uh, to say the absolute least. And before going forward, do you guys think it held up? Like, how were your expectations met, or did it meet your expectations? Did it, like, go under the expectations? What did you guys think of this game before we really uh, dive in? Honestly, I mean, it is an open world experience, and I kind of went in with that idea. But, Mm. like, there's so much more to it than just that. Like, I kind of did not expect the story arc (sighs) with Mm. how it went. Of course, uh, spoilers as we go ahead, like, later on. So this is a warning for all of you who have not yet played the game. Before we're going to spoil anything, I was going to say just get a rating out. We'll tell you if it's worth buying by our overall, like, by all of uh, the geeks. And then we will spoil the game, so. I give it, like, a, a 9 out of 10. Same here, a 9 out of 10. How did yeah. it meet your expectations, Eric? What were your thoughts going in, like, right before getting the game into playing it and beating uh, the, at least the main story? Well, first off, I gotta say, this game is visually impressive. I mean, I compared this with Brilliant Diamond Shine Pearl, it just knocks out of the park. <laughs> and I'm mm. like, can you imagine a Pokemon game where everybody looks like a Funko Pop? I would never. No. Yeah, but, and also mechanic, we're so used to the cut and paste format from the past 25 years or so, but an open world Pokemon game where literally you catch Pokemon in the wild and you rotate during battle sequences, I was like, wow, this is actually new. But at the same time, this is also kind of an experiment when you think about it, because yeah, it looks impressive, but let's see how it plays out in the final product, no pun intended. But playing this game, I gotta agree with Nick, it exceeded my expectations. I went in thinking it was just going to be an open-world Pokemon game, but it added new mechanics and new features that I wasn't expecting, and I got to give Game Free credit. They actually made this game worth playing. Yeah, so my expectations... Well, first it was announced, and I was like, that looks sick. That looks awesome. Then I, we got to see a little bit more of it. I was like, okay, cool. I, I, you know, I'm, they're getting new Hisumian forms. I, I always love regional forms a lot. Then I'm trying to remember the time scale here. I think what started happening is I was like, okay, I got a little less excited for it. I was like, it kind of just is probably going to look like Sword and Shield. I hope it doesn't just play like the wild area, but a little bigger. Then the leaks all came out two or three weeks before the game was released. All the forms got leaked and I saw the leaks and my expectations for the game just plummeted. I was like, oh, these look like crap. I don't like any of these really. And so then when it came out, I was I was like almost cautiously pessimistic, I guess, not cautiously optimistic. Because then what I started reading were early reviews were like through the roof. People were saying this was the greatest Pokemon game they'd ever played. A total game changer. Best Pokemon game in like a decade. Literally changes everything for the future. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, this is crazy. And so that was my mindset heading into actually getting the game. It was almost like a little bit of a scale. It was, oh, I'm excited. Ah, I'm not so excited. Oh, I'm excited again. Oh, I don't know now about this. But then by the time I actually walked into GameStop and got the game, I was excited again. And boy, howdy, really blew away my expectations, like Nick and Eric said. Yeah, this is this is a nine for me, too, probably. This is, I mean, we're going to get into this more once we talk about the mechanics and stuff. I might have to sit here and say that this is my new favorite Pokemon game of all time. Like, it's amazing. It feels amazing. It looks amazing. And it's just an amazing game. Wow, so far, nines across the board. This is, I think, one of the highest rate Geeks Crossing games on the Geek scale so far, so... 
Geeks crossing anything on the Geek Scale, although that's not helped by the fact of all the mediocre Marvel shows we've reviewed. <laughs> Before I say about my review, I will tell everybody who has not had the game, who has not played the game, who doesn't know any more than our review of it so far, don't go in with such high expectations because you're going to be like, oh my god, they all said it's amazing, and then you're going to be like, okay, and you're going to go in and you'll be disappointed. It won't meet your crazy expectations. That being said, I had a very similar thing with Matt. I believe if you listen to the podcast, I was like, oh my God, this could be the best game ever. It could be awful. It really depends on how they go forward. And I was really excited. I was truly, I was thinking this was going to be on par with like a Skyrim. (laughs) And I was really excited going forward. And when the leaks happened and I saw the forms, I was like, what did they do to my boy Typhlosion? They destroyed him. It's awful. And I really, my expectations did start to fall because I was like, oh my gosh, they messed up this game again. So I played the game. And for the first time, honestly, since maybe Diamond and Pearl, I can't wait to play this game. I have a bunch of other things going on with college and work and school. And this game has completely started to to seep its way into all of my free time that I do have. <laughs> it, it's truly a pleasure to play. It just blew my expectations out of the water. And I even going into it, though, yes, my expectations did drop, but they were still very high. And I really want to be like, it's an 11 out of 10 or it's a 10 out of 10. It could have been a little better. I will end up saying it's a 9.7 out of 10. Wow. That is wow. the highest thing I've ever given. You know I'd even say a 9.8 out of 10. That's the highest thing anyone's ever given anything on this podcast. 9.8 out of 10. It is by far, without a doubt, beyond beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is my favorite Pokemon game that has ever been made. That being said, we will continue now. I guess we we might get into some spoilers. Going in, did you guys know what team you were going to have? Because I had no idea what my team was going to be when I played this. Not a damn clue. No, uh, I was going to say, in every podcast we did about it, I thought I was going to pick Cyndaquil. And then those leaks came out, and I was like, oh, I I don't like Typhlosion, which being legit, I still think he's, I'm not a big fan of him. (gasps) But but I have also always thought the original Decidueye was a little overrated, um, which I know is also a very unpopular opinion. So I actually liked the new Decidueye a lot. So I ended up picking Rowlet. Very dramatic change. Um, but other than that, the only people I knew I wanted on my team going in were a starter, which, again, that didn't even end up being right because it wasn't <laughs> Syndical after all, and uh, Cleavor, the new the new Scyther evolution. Other than that, I was totally just, you know, throwing caution to the wind, and I was just like, I guess I'll figure it out as I go, which is rare for me. <laughs> what about you guys? So for me, I ended up with a team that's mainly either Hisuian forms or Hisuian evolutions, and those are Typhlosion. Braviary, Gudra, Cleavor, Ursaluna, and Electrode. Hmm. It's definitely the most bizarre team I've ever compiled in any of the Pokemon games. But oddly enough, it was the team I had the most fun with because I never would have thought to use Electrode on any of my teams before. <laughs> yeah. I know Typhlosion's Sisuian form looks very underwhelming. But when you look past the Stoner X appearance, yes. the, purple, the purple flames make it look more badass, if you ask me. On par with its additional ghost typing, that is. That is something I loved. So going in, I had I was originally going to pick Cyndaquil. I said that way back then. And starting out, after seeing the uh, the Stoner appearance of Cyndaquil, I was like, nah, this is awful. They, they destroyed my boy Typhlosion. And I started playing. And 
I chose Cyndaquil still because little Cyndaquil, you know, you can't go wrong. And I should say, um, as you guys who are either going to be playing the game or have played the game, you have research tasks to do and you have to, you know, evolve Pokemon or see them battle or there's like certain tasks to unlock more in the Pokedex. And from that, I was like, oh, you know what? I'll keep some spots where I'm going to just keep on cycling through Pokemon to complete my Pokedex faster. So I kept on my team Typhlosion and Braviary. And those were the only two true dots of or staples, I should say, of my team. And other than that, they were just cycling the whole game. So each mile marker, I had a different team and a different group that I was battling with. And it was crazy and absurd. And I will say, from keeping the Typhlosion on, though, and seeing him, and really getting the best out of the fact he's a ghost form, too. Like, normal Pokemon can't do anything to you. You're just like, okay, overheat. Oh, guess what? Flame wheel. So, I ended up following him up with his form, especially. That goes to show, even the most derpiest-looking Pokemon can be the best one to use. Yeah. My team going in, I had no idea. And my team wanted up being, like, a weird form because i caught three shinies in the beginning of the game no <laughs> so i had a shiny yamega a shiny rabidash and then a shiny golem you know because they're shiny you gotta have them on your team so they were there and then i wanted up choosing uh samurott as my starter i've always liked alakazam so i rocked him but i was missing that like sixth member of my party and i could not think about it for the longest time I caught a Toxicroak randomly. I'm like, you know what? I've never messed with Toxicroak before. I'm going to put him on my team. My fighting type has always been Lucario. But I was like, you know what? I'll throw on Toxicroak. He was the tank of my team. I love him. So, like Keith, I did a lot of shuffling. And I think I ultimately do want to use a lot of the guys who I had on my team for a while and kicked off. Like, I had a Gengar for a while. I had a Gabite, who I never fully evolved to Garchomp. But my final team ended up being uh, Decidueye. Empoleon. Oh, I, I guess that's technically a lie. I, I did know going in, I think I wanted either Piplup or Chimchar, and I ended up going with Piplup. So Empoleon, Decidueye, Cleavor. I ended up doing Hisuian Braviary, Hisuian Avalug, and quite randomly, I have a Raichu on my team. I've never really used one before, but I saw Pichu in my box. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring this Pichu with me for a little while. And the rest is history. Now he's a happy Raichu. Respect. <laughs> yeah, and Empoleon ended up being that tank for me that Toxicroak was to you, Nick. I don't know. I think it was probably just because it was a starter, so it had better stats. But that thing would take, like, three hits to die when everybody else would get one-shotted. <laughs> Honestly, like, those alpha forms are the biggest pain. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess with them. Uh, I'm just going to brag here for two seconds. I will say to all my fellow geeks, I'm very proud that A, I beat the game two days after it came out, which was crazy, or maybe on going into the third day, which I've never actually done. I've never enjoyed a game so much. And then the other thing was with level six Pokemon, I managed to catch the level 45 Rabidash that is right outside of spawn. <laughs> first Pokemon. I can't believe I you did that. Or the first book, like first alpha, before I even had most other. You lucky bastard. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, do you want to do this like our Diamond Pro reviews where we list our pros and cons, starting with our pros? Well, now going forward, I will say that the storyline we can hold off talking about, because I believe Matt was saying... Um, to do it in waves. I mean, we could just jump right in and talk about everything if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for whatever we end up doing. All right, so do you guys have an idea 
what you want to say first as a pro? I don't even know where to begin, to be honest. <laughs> I think I know the, the best pro for me personally. Yeah, I, um, I think I do too. <laughs> Eric, if you'd like to, to kick it off. Well, I guess the biggest pro for me has to be the gameplay because it deviates so much from the format we're so hooked on for over 20 years. Yeah, that was going to be mine too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the gameplay. Just the fact that the story is... We'll get to the story, and the story's great, but literally you could have no story at all, and I feel like this game would still be so addicting to play. That's the thing. This The story is maybe weaker, or it's definitely different from the, the typical cut and paste, but this is just so different. This is so just amazing and unique. Since really the originals, with that never truly deviated... And it was kind of like how the iPhones are. It's like, oh, great, there's a new iPhone coming out. What's new? The camera, the battery? Oh, cool. And it's like, oh, what's new in the Pokemon game? Oh, some new regional forms. Oh, a couple new Pokemon. Oh, that's cool. It's a new Team Galactic, Team Rocket, Team this. Like, okay. And on top of that, because I guess that goes into the story, but how you interacted with, like, just the interface, the the Pokeballs and the running around and how you <sighs> caught Pokemon. And yep. the uh, the biggest thing I will say is this game, to me, seems to have been honestly a work of art because of all of the little nods to every other Pokemon game. Whoever truly made this had to have a crazy appreciation for the original games and the funny memes almost there are so many nods to the old games and to these reverse things one of them is the fact that humans are hiding or you are hiding in the tall grass to catch to jump out and catch the pokemon it's a complete role reversal from every other game where the pokemon are waiting in the tall grass to jump out and attack you so the director's name is kazumasa iwao shout out (laughs) kazumasa and he also put himself as an npc in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon in the Game Freak office in Heia Heia City. Wow. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. So you can fight him in the game. Uh, <laughs> Even though this game is part of the main series. It almost didn't feel like it was part of the main series. I, I, it's funny. I wasn't even sure it was. I had to look it up. But it is. It is a part yeah. of the main series. Yeah. Like I was kind of considering it like a Pokemon Ranger game. But no, mm. it's like 100% part of... It stayed true to the nature of Pokemon, but brought something new and exciting into the main series. And yeah, yeah. I got to give them mad respect for that. I want to ask you all a, like a, a question. With um, how video games are like today with the graphics and how virtual reality pretty much looks like real life, were you kind of like upset that this game kind of looks like a better updated GameCube game? Like I still love the graphics, how it looks like that like cartoonish vibe. You know, but I've I'm been gonna... seeing on the internet that people have been complaining that Pokemon has had years to evolve with, uh, like, graphic design. But to me, I think it's still, like, that classic look where, I don't know, I just uh, like it. Like, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I, I never noticed a problem with the graphics in this game. Like, it, it felt a little more polished than Sword and Shield. I don't know if that's just because the world was bigger or what. Aiden did point out to me when he was playing it, like, oh, wow, look at that water. Like, he was looking at the ocean from far away, and it was like, oh, that water looks horrible. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it kind of does. I don't know. I I guess graphics in Pokemon are just something I've never really thought about, considering some of my favorite Pokemon games are literally 8-bit. Yeah, true. (laughs) So it's just like, so graphics clearly doesn't make the experience for Pokemon, at least in my opinion. But that being said, this was a pretty decent-looking game, I thought, in, in the grand scheme of things. I don't have to say anything. I love the visuals in this game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
it was just a great open world and I really enjoyed of uh, the playthrough. And that being said, I guess we can start talking about the story and more about the game. So this will be the second spoiler war- spoiler <laughs> warning um, where we're really just going to get into it now. Nothing's off the table, so. Okay, you've been warned. But although before we depart from the land of what we see, I want to really quickly give a shout out to what we hear when we play the game. Because personally, I find the soundtrack to this game absolutely phenomenal. Like they, they went above and beyond. They did not have to. And I thought that there's just some really great tunes granted a lot of times you'll be listening to the soundtrack and enjoying it and then like 75 percent of the time you're in the wild area you just hear the you're being targeted by a wild pokemon music yeah. and it's just like oh okay well that sucks because i really did like that music we were listening to my favorite track in the game i think is a turn of forest because you don't realize you're in a turn of forest and then all of a sudden like that soft piano comes in and you're just like oh yeah. no way <laughs> Every time they mix in the Diamond and Pearl soundtrack, I, I get goosebumps. <laughs> the flute. Yes, yes, the flute where you summon the ride Pokemon. Holy cow. T- yep. Dude, I mean, that goes all the way back to what was the first game that had that? That was... that was, that, that that's, was the, that's like yeah, the original. opening startup music to Diamond and Pearl. Just you are right. In addition to the game looking pretty nice, it also sounds pretty nice. But sorry for that random detour. I just didn't know where else to squeeze that in. We can uh, finally get to the story. <laughs> so what do you guys think of the story? Oh, I think it was a nice change of pace from what we're used to. I mean, so imagine this. Your avatar is from the future, and then Arceus. God, it's going to take me a while to get used to saying that. You can call him Arceus if you want, but our <laughs> British fans might have to hold back laughing. Arceus, Arceus, Asgard, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> He sends you back in time to the Suing region, which is basically the Sinnoh in ancient times, through a time and space rift. You know, a normal Tuesday for your main character in video games. <laughs> and it should be noted that this takes place in a time period where Pokemon and humans didn't coexist in peacefully. It's like they said, society deemed Pokemon as dangerous creatures you should never make contact with. But there's a group of individuals, I think they're called Team Galaxy. Yeah, Galaxy Team. Yeah. They're a bunch of researchers who pretty self-explanatory they want to study pokemon their behaviors how they would interact with humans so you have to help that set team along with other civilizations to build the first pokedex and slowly build your way into a society where pokemon and humans can coexist peacefully yeah i like that that description alone is just so crazy it's so weird going up to npcs and having them be like what do you think of pokemon you like you like them and you'll be like yes and then they'll be like well, I don't. They're terrifying. Like, they're, they killed yeah. my grandma. Like, yeah. what the heck? The Pokemon are terrifying monsters. You have to stay hidden in this civilization. The Nothing best. in any other game has ever said that. I was going to say, the fact that they talked about how, like, don't die out there, <laughs> and how much they actually brought up, I would say, death or Pokemon. Yeah, literally. was yeah. crazy to me. The fact that, now talking, I guess, more about the, the story... In the past, the story for Pokemon has almost always been this very childish, like, oh my gosh, you know, there's a team of, like, bullies that are trying to destroy the world and kill everybody, like, go stop them. And it's like, oh, through the power of friendship and bonds, like, you did it, you saved everybody, like, congratulations, whatever. But this one, it was so much more realistic with the bonds between the people and when you first enter the village they're like oh it's an outsider like who, who is he like oh gosh or who is she like like what are they doing here we don't like you we don't take your kind here get out of here and it's like my god like 
it was so much more realistic. If there ever would have been a realistic Pokemon game, this hits closest. This is exactly what it would would be to an extent. Yeah, the story is just very cool, very competent, very unique. And I, I just, I'm obsessed with the idea that instead of it just being the eighth or ninth game of, oh, you're getting started on your journey. Would you mind completing this Pokedex for me? random professor from this region it's now like hey i have this idea i professor i think laverton i have this idea of making like the world's first pokedex like can you help me we have to document all the monsters in this area that we're moving to like we all came on boats across the sea to start anew and we have to just look at the wildlife make sure like we understand it it's just so so cool and it unlike every other pokedex it doesn't just end when you catch one pokemon like well, that's like like you catch a Pokemon. Okay, cool. Now catch some more. Catch some of different sizes. Defeat some. Watch them use yep. moves. Evolve them. Like it's yeah. yes. You exactly. have to do so much just to understand each Pokemon, and it's so realistic and so cool. That was the other thing. It's not just like oh, you like ten year old boy, like take this, like like my grandson, like take this thing. As you just said, it is join the Survey Corps. It's now a mm-hmm. whole entire part of like. I guess the government in some ways. It's like <laughs> an actual, first of all, Survey Corps is like, ooh, hits home uh, for all Attack on Titan people, you know, ooh. Mm-hmm. I don't have to say anything. Keith and Matt said it for me. Literally. <laughs> also, what I love about the story, since this technically takes place in the past, a lot of these characters are ancestors of previous characters you see in past games. Yep. Like, of yep. course, we have the Sinnoh characters like Professor Rowan, Cyrus, Team Galactic, but then you have characters who aren't from Sinnoh. Like I'm pretty sure, what's your name? Ida, Arita. Uh, oh, oh, the 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 Diamond and Pearl Clan leaders. Yeah, yeah. I'm convinced that the leader of the Pearl Clan is an ancestor of Serena. Okay, interesting. That kid with the hat, he's an ancestor of Clay. You know? I thought so with his hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the cowboy the, from Unova. For those who don't know, Clay is the ground type gym leader from Unova. Then that guy, uh, Nick, you actually point that out. The merchant uh. who sells you items. Yeah, how he's sitting like the uh, electric gym leader. Yeah, he's an ancestor of Volkner. And um, the, the, it's interesting, the only main character who we don't really identify an ancestor to is Professor Laverton, but that's actually a reference to the fact that since he's a scientist, he's a virgin. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It, it's canon. Wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> okay, Pokemon. You decide to get a lot more edgy with this game. Uh, no, I kid. I love Laverton. He's he's a he's the real G. He's the first person to to stick up for you. Going back to what I said before, like the fact that they did this and they really took their time to put in all of these nods towards the other games, once again shows how much they cared for this game and all the the subtle nods. But continue. He, no, I, I was going to say one other ancestor thing I learned about. Actually, I didn't see in the game. I listened to like a video about it, and it was like apparently an Easter egg. If you walk into the clan, the Diamond Clan tent, because you know how the Diamond Clan and Pearl Clan each have like a little village? Yeah. If you walk yeah. into each of their village houses, in the Diamond Clan and the Pearl Clan tents, they each have a portrait on their walls, and one of them is of an ancestor of Archie, and one is an ancestor of Maxi, the, the Team Magma and Team Aqua leaders in the Gen wow. 3 games. Yep. So one is awesome. an ancestor of Team uh, Diamond and one's Pearl. No wonder they hate each other so much. That's very, very interesting. Continuing with the story, now talking about, I think, the two best things. These are probably my two biggest pros of the game, right after the fact that they 
finally switched the layout from all the other Pokemon games into something better. It's truly better and it's so much more fun to play. But now, story-wise, my two favorite things, period. One is the fact of what happens towards the end of the main story. See, I'm hesitant. You know, spoiler, this this happens end of the main story. You know, you might have to skip ahead. But when you get exiled from town and things get rough and you go to your friends and they are all like, hey, this is your fault. You're the outsider here. We blame you. Get out of our town. And you go to each one of your friends and they're like, no, we don't trust you. We don't like you. We don't believe you. Get out of here. You're the you're the outsider. You're you're the 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 weird one. Get out of here. And then you go to your other friends and you're like, "Hey, can you help me?" And they're like, "What did you do? This is your fault. Go." And then you go to your other friends and they're like, "I'm sorry. I'm a part of this clan or I'm a part of this clan. I can't offer you any help." And then you go to your other friends and they're like, "No, we won't help you either." And then you just sit there like, "What am I to do?" And that was the craziest part. I remember freaking out while I was playing it. My dad was like, what the hell? What's going on? And I, I told him everything. And that's just the craziest part because in every other Pokemon game, and every other, even Pokemon movies, it's always like, no, we're going to be there. Like power of friendship again. But this was so realistic with, no, you went to go do this stuff. You went on your quest. You messed up the the, the world, the sky. This is your fault. We don't like you. We don't trust you. And you're out, out on your own. Mm-hmm. But yes. So, so I like what... that. I like that scene where you're abandoned by everyone and Laverton and, and Dawn's ancestor, like trying to help you out, whatever. They're like, oh no. And then like the little Shinx walks up to you and it's just like, oh, thanks, well... Shinx. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, Beth. Yeah. I liked uh, when I found out that we got like kicked out of the town. I instantly made the meme with uh, Patrick getting arrested, and it was I was the last person I would have suspected. <laughs> that, was the, <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my head when I was kicked out of the town. One of but... my favorite plot points in the game in the meme sense, um, especially just thinking about it in relationship to the other games, is... You know, again, massive spoiler alert, but, you know, this is a Sinnoh game. Dialga and Palkia do show up. Um, It's when Kamado, the the Professor Rowan guy, your boss, like, goes to the top of the pillar, which is actually complete. It's now ruins, and then you get to see how it's ruined. Oh, sorry. Yes. Fan over that. That was one of the other things I was going to talk about in that little nod. That was so cool you go to the complete ruins and then you watch it get destroyed and you're like yo this is how that's why it happened (laughs) but um i just like the idea that um like and if flat out says like oh he's gonna go try to fight the pokemon whatever's coming out of this giant portal in the sky usually the villain teams are like oh we're going to summon an ancient evil we're gonna capture a legendary pokemon and use it to destroy the world or rule the world this game it's yeah, so there's gonna be like this giant god Pokemon coming out of the portal. Yeah, he just go went to he just went to go fight it. So whatever. Like talk about it's a normal Tuesday on that guy. Yup. <laughs> hey, you gotta give him mad respect. He's yeah, absolutely. He's a Chad. He's gonna do everything he can to protect his people, even if it means going up against God himself. <laughs> well, that was another one of the coolest things I thought. I feel it felt like that was a true nod towards what would have would have happened in like even our 
ancient history where if there was something we didn't understand, if people thought there was a cracking, you know, the emperor, the leader of the town, whatever, would put on their suit of armor, march all the strong, able-bodied men in the, the village out to go stab this kraken or to go fight this war, go to do whatever. And like, you even get stopped by a ninja. And why is he a ninja? Like, oh my God. That actually was probably one of the, the most annoying parts. And I do not like that character. I don't think it was bad writing at all. I just hate that character, truly. It's, I just feel like he would always be talking about you behind your back. He'd be like, yeah, I don't trust you. I don't like you. You're weird. You're annoying. Like, get out of here. And then just seeing him at the end in the cave, like, so you finally made it this far. I was just like, oh, boy. What's yep. going to happen to you? Yep. <laughs> he had this build up like, oh. Get this, I'm an important character this whole time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that was the thing. He's making you potato soup or whatever. And you go to up to the, the thing. And like you just said, like you see him and he's like, I've hated you. I've been keeping tracks on you. Like, I'll fight you. I'll crush you. And he openly says that he's hated you from the beginning. And then when you, you finally do defeat him, he's like, he's like, I guess you're all right. I'll make you potato soup anytime you want. I'm like. No, I don't trust you. I'm not eating your food <laughs> that, that potato soup, I, I'm going to need a taste tester before I eat that. Absolutely. <laughs> so I guess it's my turn. What's my favorite? Sure, yeah. I'm going to do something a little bit different and go beyond what you guys said. I really like the plot twist after you beat the game. Wait, I'm going to pause because I think this is, might be the, the, the spoiler that Nick and Matt don't even know yet. Oh. um, I'll keep it vague, but let's just say... One of the characters you met throughout your journey, there's a lot more to him slash her than you anticipate. Oh, I'm really excited now. I thought I was done with all the story, and I'm not. That makes me even more excited to play more. Yeah, I was going to say, don't don't spoil it, because I was going to say that's... So I said in the beginning that there were two things that my favorite things. Second favorite thing will be the hardest battle and what happens and how, the, how lo long the battle is. And how difficult the battle is. This truly has the hardest battle or one of the hardest battles out of any game. And it is funny because, once again, it's a nod to the prior games. I have no. not continued the uh, end game stuff. I've been doing side quests. And when I ended the game, I have done about 23 side quests. Counting them now, I have like 48 of them done. Wow. Basically, how the plot twist is executed. That's what I love about it. Yes. And Ooh. you guys really need to experience it yourselves. <laughs> okay. so whatever. Very exciting. It's funny how Keith mentioned how hard the true boss is, because now for nothing, this game is difficult as hell. Yeah. 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 I guess one of the major story components is fighting at, like, not totem Pokemon, like Pokemon nobles, which are pretty much like totem Pokemon from Sun and Moon. And I felt those got, like, progressively hard. There was definitely an arch, I thought, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, those got yeah. harder as they went. Well, on top of that, thinking about it, we also forgot one of the biggest mechanics that changed, not even story arc, just mechanics. Wild Pokemon will attack you. They yeah. will attack you. You can die. You are an interloper in their land. They don't recognize the rules of, oh, you know, you have a Pokemon, throw it out. It's like, oh, who is this random guy? Like, what's attacking? Some will run, you know. Again, this adds to the realism that this game provides. Yeah. Because when can you're in the wild, you could potentially die. Yeah, it's true. Can we That's talk true. about the amount of detail that goes into, like, all the Pokemon? Like, Mr. Mime, have you ever observed him in the wild? Yes. He, he sits down on a bench, pours himself a drink, and it's all, like, <laughs> done as if he was, a, like, a legitimate mime. It is just so beautiful. 
once again, I think so much love and dedication, I will say, like, has been put into this game. And I will say that I hope going forward, we see more games like this now. Like, to me, this has just set the new standard for Pokemon games. Mm. Or this has raised the bar. I'd love to see at least more mechanics like this. Like, going back to the originals, um, you know, unless I'm replaying Silver, it's going to be almost difficult to go back. Like, I would not play um, Sword or Shield at, like anymore, really, after playing this. Going back to what you asked, Keith, I, I'd be down to see more games that have a similar mechanics like this, or even just more prequel games. Because, like I said, this is ideally a Sinnoh prequel game. And yeah. who knows? This can open a door to many possibilities of seeing past stories from other regions. Like I think I mentioned before in a previous episode, we can get a prequel game that centers on the creation of Mew. Or mm-hmm. maybe you play as a young Professor Oak and how he became a Pokemon professor. Celebi forever. Exactly. I would be well, so down for if this was the new formula now where we get a new generation. I think I mentioned this in the past too in another episode. We get a new generation. So, you know, Gen 9, Gen 10, whatever. And then for remakes, we get... For those of us who really just care about nostalgia and they want some, they'll you know, some third party like can make a game like Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. But then we also get like Pokemon Legends QRAM or Pokemon Legends, whatever legendary uh, Zygarde, Zygarde, Pokemon Legend Deoxys or or Groudon or something. Like I love it. Like it's such a cool idea. There's so many cool mechanics. Mechanics we haven't even talked about yet too. Like I wanted to mention uh. I love how evolution works now. I love how you can change your move set so easily now. Yes. I love how main like streamlined that process is. It is so much easier than having to hunt down the move changer every five seconds. Well, that was another thing too. This is truly once again, this is just truly like a realistic game. Like the director, the creator of this had to have sat down and been like, okay, the idea for this game is if Pokemon were real, what makes sense? And the fact that it's like, oh, they don't forget the moves, but you can only have them, you know, master or have four moves at a time that you can make them use. It keeps the formula, but it makes sense. Like, oh, you could just go and teach them different moves right on the spot or switch it up. The fact you can rename them right at your own will. You know, my I call my cat. My cat has been named Bella for the last 12 years since Twilight came out. And my little sister has taken the the opportunity to be like, no, your new name's Monkey. Like, you can just (laughs) (laughs) maybe don't switch names of cats, but you can. Like, you shouldn't have to go to a name change. Um, And this, once again, is just has been brilliantly done. Here's another question for you guys. Would you want to hear voice acting? Because that's been a topic in the Pokemon community for years, that they want to hear voice acting in any of the main series Pokemon games. So I will say that Sword and Shield had this issue too, but this was more blatant here, where I would see cutscenes and characters moving their lips and dialogue on the screen, and I would ask myself very briefly, like, shouldn't they just be talking? Like, shouldn't they just... Why aren't they just talking? But I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I've never known anything different, so I really don't have a strong opinion one way or the other on if they should be talking or not. One thing that really solidifies my point is the fact that your avatar runs. Yeah. Every time they do a doctor, mm-hmm. you're like, huh. Yeah, ah, like all that. Mm-hmm. And, and it astonishes me because, okay, so if they have somebody to record grunts for these characters, but they didn't have time to record full-fledged dialogue, it's like... That almost goes, though, also into the idea uh, behind why Spider-Man is the greatest superhero. 
And uh, as Stanley even said, it, he was the greatest one just because anybody could be under their, their mask. It can be anybody. You Anybody can imagine themselves in the Spider-Man outfit. And that's almost, I mean, obviously you can't do that with like when a girl speaking, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, it's like my voice. Mm-hmm. But I think that it leaves a lot to the imagination. And I think that that's almost better because also when you hear certain people's voices, I mean, I actually, you know, like Matt said, I, I think I'm impartial either way, but I could see why they don't do it. No, I, I agree with you, uh, Keith, which is why I wouldn't have the protagonist talk, but every other character, I don't know why they kind of don't have voice acting when they're always talking in the cutscenes and stuff. That actually brings me to another topic I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about the future of Pokemon because of this game. However, yep. before we take that, I think that will be towards the end. I have two cons. I kind of forgot the second con right now, but I know the first con. 100%. I've been sitting on a con too. I wonder if it's the same one. I think it is because when you and I both beat the game, we both mentioned that we had one con about the game. My con, at least as of right now, one of my, my real cons is the very end, a festival happens and they, they talk about the festival. They, they show pictures of the festival, but you never get to experience any of it. And then even uh-huh. right after that, they're like, oh, the festival is great. Like, oh, I took off. Like, oh, this, that. And I'm so annoyed they didn't have you able to interact in the festival. They didn't, like, truly show your character at the festival. And I think that should have been something. I think that they should have had at least one day or one cutscene where it's just you being at the festival where maybe you can get some special Pokemon or a special outfit or something. And then the mm. festival's over. And I can't think of I, the actual con I had. I'm just going to come out and say the storage system. Oh, that item storage. Yes. Item storage is a pain in the butt, and I get it. This game's really going for like realistic, you know. Oh, well, you can only carry so much. But dude, the con artist who pays you increasingly high amounts of money to give you one solitary extra space, you don't realize how much stuff you need to carry <laughs> until yeah. you're out in the field and you have to drop six hundred thousand stuff. I didn't really think about that until you guys pointed out because I have other cons I'm sure no one's ever thought of. Ooh, well, let's hear some of your cons then, Eric. They're kind of cons, but they're also ripes in a way. First off is Hisuian Braviary, or that you have as a ride Pokemon. There's no option for you to fly up. It's yes. either dive or dash. Yup. Like, what's the difference? And yeah. dash slowly dives. Yeah, that actually is pretty annoying. I will I will admit that was a little disappointed with and that. And it's also super annoying that you can't catch Pokemon on them. Like, I, I understand that you kind of need two hands. But, like, <laughs> Norm, trying to catch Pokemon in the air is, like, hard as it is. That is also a con to me. But I understand why they did that. Because right before they, like, literally, at least for me, it was, like, 30 minutes or an hour before I got him. I just unlocked, what is it, Weavile or Weasel or... Sneasel. Thank you. So I just unlocked them, and their whole purpose is to climb mountains. So if you could summon a bird that can just fly straight up and go anywhere you want, it would be null and void to use any of the other mounts you got in the game. If you could just freely control them, along with catching Pokemon from them, you could just fly up to that flying Gyarados and be like, hey, guess what, you're mine. That flying Gyarados, my guys, what? Mm Mm-hmm. My second con, in order to get to other areas, you have to regroup to the village. Why? Why can't I just open up the map and say, like, oh, I'm in Obsidian Fieldlands. I want to go to Colon Bays or whatever it's called. No, I have to waste my time going back to the village, then go back to the main map just so I can get to whatever area I want to go to. 
Yeah. Okay. And my third con, and this is probably the biggest problem I have, breeding is gone. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Yes. Imagine you catch a fully evolved Pokemon, and you don't have its pre-evolved forms. You can't put him and a Ditto in the Pokemon Center. Well, I don't think Ditto is even in this game. But the point is, without breeding, you're forced to catch every stage Pokemon in the wild. So if I want to get all the evolutions, I have to go out of my way to catch eight different Eevees in the wild, who are all rare, mind you, and it's just so time-consuming. Absolutely. I guess the only gripe that I have is how some moves are handled. Like, for example, Stealth Rocks and Spikes. They're supposed to be entry hazard moves, but here in this game, they're damage-dealing moves. Mm. It's a little bit weird, but I appreciate the change. I would say that in battles, I truly wish that you could take a hit for your Pokemon. I know that that would be stupid and, like, bad, but, like, there are so many times where my Pokemon was one hit from death, especially in that final battle that was impossible, and I'd dive in front of them being like, no, hit me instead, like, take yeah. I've never done that. Maybe I'll have to. I lost count of how many times I got hit by Typhlosion's overheat. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you guys have any closing thoughts? I just have a feeling in my gut that the reason this game came out in January is so they could put out Gen 9 for the fall. I, I don't know. It's, the, it's been three years since Sword and Shield. They typically wait three years for the new Gen. I just have a gut feeling, and maybe it'll be wrong, but I don't know. I really hope they don't because I am very broke and I do not want to have another Pokemon game. Well, you'll just need to raise $60 in eight months. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> At the very least, they could give us just DLC to hold us off and maybe give us Gen 9 next year, but you never know. This is Pokemon. They always yeah. find a way to they always find a way to make us spend money that we're not willing to spend. Let's put it that way. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> very yeah. My closing thought is something that actually I think Keith, Matt, and I all agreed on. I was kind of wanting to go back to where I came from. Yes! yes! That was yes! it! Nick, you got it! That was what I said! Oh my god, that was the first th Thank you, Nick! Thank no, you! No problem. But I feel like that would be a fun little DLC that they could do in the future. Yeah, I, I did think that was kind of weird. I don't know if they ever reference it again after the story or whatever, but it's literally just like, all right, we caught the Algon Palkia. The portal's closed. The mystery is solved. And at no point does your guy ever be like, uh... How am I'm I going to get here. home? Like, do I get like, to go home? Like, I just left my mom and everyone. Like, is that this just it for me now? Is God my smartphone and, and just I'm chilling here for the rest of my life? The other thing I will say... But I was hoping that, what, Niantic or Game Freak or whoever had the best kept secret ever of that when this game ends, it's actually Diamond and Pearl, like another remake. Like, I truly thought the game was going to end and you were going to end up in, once again, like back in your hometown. And it's going to be like, oh, yeah, you can go and like battle the things or maybe after catching Dialga, Palkia, maybe Arceus, whoever, you had the ability to jump back and forth between said times and i was very excited for that idea however obviously that did not come th through and I, I guess it was too much to ask for a soul silver where they give you two regions in one however that could be the final dlc mm -hmm. the end of the final dlc sends you back home maybe but that is my closest. yeah but other than those cons i still love this game i think this is a much needed change in the pokemon format and i'd be completely down for any game similar to this yeah.
So, Matt, what's your closing thought? I don't even know what to say. I mean, my, my favorite – I've never really thought about my favorite Pokemon game. I know Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire is up there for me. Black and White and Black and White 2 is up there for me. But this might take the cake for me. Like, this is just, like we've been saying all night, a breath of fresh air. It's, like, so fresh, so new, great mechanics – just really great game and honestly might be just my new favorite. Like, like Keith said, this sets the bar now. I, I am so happy to have played this game. I, that My closing thoughts is just, if you have not played this game and if you're a, a Pokemon fan or you ever have been a Pokemon fan in the past, maybe if you haven't played a Pokemon game in 10 years, 20 years, I'd say this is worth it. Like just even to pick it up and just check it out because it is an outstanding game. Well said, Matt. Well said. Anyway, what do you guys think of Pokemon Legends Arceus? Did it meet all your expectations? Do you think it's the greatest Pokemon game we've gotten in years? Or do you think it was all hype and you think our opinions are trash? Let <laughs> us know in our Discord server. A link will be provided as always along with the link to our Instagram page at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all major platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you're using right now. And be sure to let your friends, family members, and arch enemies uh, know about our podcast, especially the Pokemon fans in your life. Yeah, so we're and back, you, and we're excited to be back. And if you can't get enough of us, check out Nuclear Bacons, CryptoLock Games, and Terabyte on Twitch for more geeky content. Woo! <laughs> and as always, stay true to your geek selves. And get Pokemon Legends Arceus. Bye-bye. <laughs>